After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages, the show where we talk about television commercials. We talk about the best ones and the worst ones and the ones where people say really weird things like this. My armpits always release a slight jasmine aroma. Me too. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. We're your co-hosts for the next, uh, I don't know, let's call it 90 minutes or less. Hey, Genevieve. Hey, Andrew. So, um... Obviously, this is episode, what, like 23 or 24? 23, I think. I we, think so. We've spent a lot of time um, talking about television commercials because, obviously, that's what this is all about. And also, we watch a lot of TV commercials. But one thing that we haven't done, or at least that I have not done in my lifetime, is make a TV commercial. I, how about you? I assume we're in the same boat. You would have told me at some point if you were a TV commercial maker, right? Well, I contain multitudes. <laughs> I know you do. That's but why in, I'm asking. in this one instance, that's correct. I've never made a TV commercial. Well, good news. Um, today, we're going to talk to somebody who is on the other side of the television screen, an honest-to-God director and producer who makes honest-to-God television advertisements. Her name is Kat Solon, and if you watch any Adult Swim at all, you've definitely seen her stuff. You've probably seen her stuff anyway if you watch any TV at all. She is joining us right now on the Farmers Insurance Celebrity. Celebrity Hotline. Hey, Kat, how's it going? Hi, uh, good. How are you? <laughs> Great. You're the uh, very first person we've ever had on the Farmers Insurance Celebrity Hotline, by the way. I, I want to say that in our efforts to find funding for this show, we have come up a little bit short. But I thought maybe if we just named it the Farmers Insurance Celebrity Hotline, yeah. they'll just start throwing us money. They, maybe they, like as they, you know, it's a well-known saying: if you name it, they will pay. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs> I think I a will. lot of so a lot of people got started. What's the what's the legal standing on that? Either one of you guys know. <laughs> I'm worried that we're going to end up having to pay farmers. <laughs> probably, probably the way it's going to go down. Um, anyway, hi, Cat. How are you doing? Thanks for joining this uh, dorky little show with us. Um, you, I, I'm, We're going to be talking all about your career, how you got into commercials, and what it's like to work in commercials. I'm kind of more interested, though, in the kind of behind-the-scenes gossip. And if we can start there for one second, could you tell me, is Chester Cheetah still using, or has he kicked the habit, or like what's, what's going on there? Well, I did see a Chester Cheetah in real life once. What? I was at, I do a lot of practical effects. And I was at uh, Legacy Studios, which used to be Stan Winston Studios, and they had a Chester Cheetah. They had a he. W- it was the newer campaign where he's smaller, mm-hmm. and he's sitting. And he like he, there was a, a an ad where he's sitting on a bench, and I saw that Chester Cheetah in real life, and he seemed very still and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call nodding. He was meditating. <laughs> <laughs> confused about that, though, because Chester Cheetah, the one that I, I don't know if it's Chester Cheetah or Chester the Cheetah, I'm sure we'll get emails, um, uh, th- you know, growing up, and Vives and I were just talking about this guy the other day, he was a cartoon growing up, but yeah, now they're the new commercials where he's a little bit more of a, a rapscallion. Yeah, yeah. he's so the, you saw something where he they built a physical Chester Cheetah for one of the ads? Yeah, he was in progress. He was being built. And oh, he, cool. um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about that. <laughs> there, there, here's your gossip. No, but he was like uh, sitting on a table, like getting some flocking on his leg. And he was, um, that's fur. And he was 
he's small. He was small, and he. I think that they might use a hybrid. At least in this spot, I think they used a hybrid, probably a CG and live action puppetry. Cool. Well, puppetry yeah. actually—that's your stock and trade. Um, what probably what you're best known for in the industry. And correct me if I'm, you know, overstating it. But you've done a lot of amazing work with puppets. Uh, for some Adult Swim uh, promos for movies and other things. How did you become the master of puppets? <laughs> You've been waiting all week I have. to say that. Fine. I'm just glad you said it that way. <laughs> and <laughs> you control the puppets and don't let them forget it. <laughs> they are starting to control me. Um, let's see. Well, I started um, in art school making short films. And the best way to make short films in art school was to do it all yourself. And so... I would. Um, I started out doing animation, stop motion, and I really liked that I could just make everything alone in my house, shoot it alone in my house, and you know, essentially, like never have to ask anyone else for help, uh, <laughs> which is not how filmmaking works at all. But mm-hmm. that's how uh, anim- animation, like that's how I got started in animation. And I always wanted to do live action films and live action TV shows with real humans. Uh, and I still do. <laughs> and But I got pretty good at the animation stuff. And so I um, had a bunch of friends and bands and I was the very first music video I ever did was for Bright Eyes, and it was when uh, I I was talking. I knew through my friend Jiha, she played flute in Bright, in Bright Eyes. She had told me that Connor and I should make a little short film together. Connor's the lead singer of Bright Eyes, mm-hmm. and so he and I met at a show, and we were talking about it. And and I wanted to do like I wanted to be Stan Breckage. I wanted to be like this experimental filmmaker who like just just made um like underground stuff and and had it in uh in museums and art shows and stuff because i hadn't really thought much about the commercial world at all so i sat down with connor i was like let's just make this experimental film i'll work on the music as much as you work on the image and it'll be so cool and then he was like sure and then a year and a half went by and i went to another show of his and he was like cat i I need a music video and I don't want anyone else to do it. Will you, will you please do my a music video for me? And I was like, you know what? Okay. Okay. I'll try it. You know? And I, I, so I made a music video for him. Uh, what was the song? It was cut for bowl of oranges. It's, it had puppets in it. It was, it was half stop motion and half pixelation with real humans. And, but I shot it all at school. I was still in art school at the time. And well, not to make you nervous, but we're watching it now oh. here in, 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 you're in... We should mention you're in L.A., if we didn't mention that already. We're up here in Seattle, but we're watching it here in the background. It's pretty cool. How, so how old is this? Uh, I made that in 2003. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's had, it has over 1.3 million views. Oh, God. That's, uh, that's pretty great for someone who was in college at the time. Yeah. How many of those views are yours? Be honest. <laughs> I just keep it on refresh. <laughs> I don't blame you. I've compared, no, I've honestly compared watching my work after, if I watch it right after, it's sort of like I'm at my own funeral and I can't do anything. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's all like, you can see is the, is it like where all you see is the flaws and the things you, you would have uh-huh. done differently? And everybody's saying all the things they really thought of me and I'm just like, <laughs> I can't stop it, any of it. But then after a while, after a few months or a year, I look at it and I'm like, what? When did I do that? I don't remember doing that. How did I? How did I do that? Well, so you, so you, 
you sort of get uh, ac- you become accidentally a commercial filmmaker by virtue of kind of hooking up uh, with, with Bright music Eyes. Videos. Yeah, I did. I did music videos. For how me. did that translate, or how did that take you uh, from the world of avant-garde art to the the commercial world? Well, they are kind. Of, they all they do kind of go hand in hand in the industry. A lot of times, if you're represented by a production company for for music videos, which usually you'll get representation if you have a big video that everybody sees and all of a sudden people will come out of the woodwork and help you uh, and want to work with you. I want to play one of your ads here. We, we, we haven't even played one of your ads yet. This is one for um, the movie uh, The Interview. And, of course, most people know this is the Seth Rogen, James Franco movie that, I mean, it got a little bit of buzz. Well, I mean, I mean it so, famously. I know. I oh, okay. Was, that was, oh. oh. Whoosh. Okay. <laughs> Just edit that right out. This spot never aired uh, because of the, that buzz. Yeah, yeah because, it. and for those who don't exactly remember, this is the one where it's a movie about trying to assassinate Kim Jong-un and it created an entire international flap. So this is your um, ad for it, which, I mean, most movie promos are just clips from the movie, right? With some voiceover and some uh, some explosions and music and stuff. But this one, you have created a puppet of James Franco and a, a puppet of Seth Rogen, and that's how this begins. Love means laughter. Everything we're seeing is puppets. It's a real bromance situation. Best friend by your side. Love means sharing with another man. Rogan and Franco are just having a bunch of kind of romantic comedy moments together. I love the little puppet bikes with the extra wheels. And now they're showing actual footage of the interview movie. Yeah, so so basically you created, I know you said this never never aired, Kat, but you de- you guys decided that instead of just doing a straight up, you know, clips from a movie, we'll do this little uh, prologue of, of these two actors slash characters as puppets. How did that come about? What's the deal here? That one, this one was written um, by my friend Siobhan Price, and uh, she tends to come up with these really fun concepts. Uh, and then I, with that one, uh, we wanted to do something new because we had done ones where all the sets and backgrounds were puppet and miniature size. But this one, actually, we shot out in the real world in Los Angeles. Um, mm. And we shot it at the beach and we shot it at um, like little at a movie theater and a little cafe and at Echo Park Lake. Um, and we, we wanted to... I don't know, we just wanted to get outside and have some fun and be able to see how the puppets work in in a real-life setting, and I thought that this was the way to do it because of the script that she wrote. (laughs) I love this one because sometimes you use puppets that are like generic dolls meant to look meant to kind of represent a character but sometimes you have but some some of your work is like this where the puppets are clearly incredibly bespoke obviously <laughs> each one is designed to look exactly like the real person that it represents and you have like recognizably Seth Rogen recognizably James Franco yeah how do you go from uh your friend writes this idea to We've got puppets that look like James Franco and Seth Rogen. And what happens to the puppets? <laughs> yeah, where are the puppets? <laughs> couple, par- couple parts to that question. <laughs> all right, okay. Um, so I started out doing it all myself. I started out building the puppets myself. So in my early stuff, you can see that they're they're much more naive. And then I've since met some really amazing puppet builders. And uh, there's two people I work with specifically most of the time. And uh, it's it's this girl Michelle Zamora and this guy Ben Bayuth. Um, on and off, I work with with each of them, and they're insanely talented and and so awesome. And uh, 
they're usually my puppet head, my department, puppet department heads. And then we hire crew uh, and we work with everybody else on the crew to, to build these puppets. And so, uh, let's see, Seth and the Seth Franco and James, the Seth, Seth Franco, Seth Rogan and James Franco. I think that's puppets. how they prefer to be yeah. known. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, they were done uh, with uh, hand sculpts. Um, which means they're not 3D printed. Sometimes we do heads that are 3D printed, so that's sculpted in the computer. These are hand sculpted with clay. And so they, they, they make a, a clay sculpt, and then they cast them and mold them and into hard plastic. And then the hard plastic allows us to get inside and build the mechanism so that their eyes blink and their mouths move. And then we have finishing, like we have a lot of, a lot of people on my crew are really good at finishing. And I'm, I'm kind of obsessive about that stuff. And you mean we, just the final detail work? Yeah, exactly. Like making the hair look absolutely perfect. Right. And make, you know, making all the, all the, like, um, you can see Seth Rogen's hoodie has little cords coming off of it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, zipper. yeah. That kind of stuff. I'm, I'm pretty, and textures I'm, I, I'm pretty obsessed with, like making sure that, the eyes look glossy and the hair is is like fuzzy in the you know that it really because I feel like audiences especially with practical effects really respond well to to texture it's a it's a process and it's really hard work and it's a very specific skill set it sounds like you enjoy this immensely and it sounds like tons of fun as a matter of fact you talking about taking your puppets out into the real world reminds me of like when um like when i was a kid and winter would be over and then i could take all those like little gi joes i've been playing with in my basement i could take them outside and play in real dirt and like i loved that so much yeah but also are you pigeonholed as the puppet lady a little bit too much i do feel like (laughs) "Ah, i'd like to kind of do other things yeah, I am pigeonholed as that, um, and I absolutely love doing it, and I think I will always have puppet stuff that I'm doing. But yeah, it's a little, it is a little bit of a challenge sometimes to expand into more live action based stuff. I have, I, I've done a lot of live action based stuff, but because I've done puppets, sometimes that live action based stuff doesn't even people don't even see it around the puppets because mm-hmm. it's so distinct. Kind of um, like Weird Al and his parody songs. Like he does yeah. a bunch of other stuff that's funny and sharp and interesting and, and good, but he's, those parodies loom so large. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I I love doing the puppets and I, I'm really happy that it has helped me with my career and given me so much work and so much opportunity. And I tend to, every other job, want to either do a live action thing or switch back to puppets or go back to live action. Like I like going back and forth between the two. Well, let's play another one here. This one is, this one has somebody um, in a lot of prosthetics. As a matter of fact, it's got Jonah Ray in a lot of prosthetics. Is that who that um, is? Yeah, right. Isn't it Jonah Ray? Yeah, it's in Jonah. King? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I thought I kind of recognized the voice, but I couldn't tell under all of the makeup. At first, yeah. I thought the voice was Tim from Tim and Eric. They have the or Tim Heidecker. They seem to have very similar voices. I, I realized I watching your reel. That. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so let me let me set this one up. So this is um, the the Burger King Loch Ness monster, and it's it opens up in kind of a masterpiece theater kind of set with the, the, the curtains part and there's a Sasquatch again it's Jonah Ray but in really heavy prosthetics sitting in a leather chair as a Sasquatch and kind of just explaining one of life's mysteries I guess we'll, we'll, we'll describe it that way it's Burger King's The Mysteries Beyond the Mysteries welcome back now I gotta tell you something there's nothing mysterious about the Loch Ness Monster she's just a big dumb dinosaur at the bottom of a lake and she will not be your friend believe me 
know what the real mystery yeah. is. Has Burger King okay, done that's crazy? a little bit visual, but like the joke there is, uh, he just has a little moment of reflection yeah. about the fact that he was not able to connect with this the Loch Ness monster so as much as he wanted. Yeah, the rest of the the ad is pretty straightforward, kind of uh, pushing the the Burger King Nuggets deal. I love this ad. There, this is one of a series, or at least there are at least a couple of them that I saw that you did. There's another one that I think is about unicorns, but this one, the writing is so funny. The performance that he gives is great, and just like all of the set dressing and the the little Loch Ness monster, like sort of shadow puppet style that's in the background is <laughs> just the whole thing. It works so beautifully. This one is one of my favorite ones from your Thank reel. Thank you so much. It's one of my favorite things I've ever made. I really, really love that one. I um, That's also written by Siobhan, who did the uh, the same one as the interview. I, I really wanted uh, in the spot you can see that. Uh, so a big curtain opens revealing the Sasquatch. And then as he's talking, he looks over to his wall and a smaller curtain opens. And there's a little diorama of the Loch Ness Monster inside this other curtain. And that that was really I, I was really obsessed with making it very specifically look like there that there was a diorama inside the wall there and wanting it to look perfect. And I have that Loch Ness Monster. He's like sitting in the room next to me. Uh. So, oh, I didn't tell you what happened. Seth owns the puppets from the interview. I didn't tell oh, you that. That's oh, that's awesome. Yeah, oh, Seth, really? Seth took those. Anyway, but the yeah, the, this one, <laughs> the, I got to keep the Loch Ness Monster and the unicorn. Um. <laughs> are you you say you got to but yeah. like are you getting to a point where um i don't know if you live in a house or apartment or what but are you starting to get surrounded by your own creations are you going to go yeah. mad is yeah, what yeah. I'm, is what i'm asking have here. i already gone mad um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a better question no, yes i um i have a storage unit that has a lot of them in them yeah, already yeah. but i um i try to keep as much as i can and even like with certain people when they take the puppets or when they buy the puppets off of us uh we usually negotiate some sort of deal that says that, you know, if, if we ever want to do an art show or something of the puppets, that we can get them back um, for that. And we cool. we sort of try to keep them close, but I, at the same time, sometimes we give them, sometimes we'll do like a um, a version of the puppet that doesn't have all the mechanisms inside, you know, so that they're, so that it's more just like, a, um, you know, a souvenir rather than the actual thing. Because those puppets... They're expensive. Yeah, they yeah. look expensive. Yeah. I really hope no one's listening to this and drinking every time we say puppets. <laughs> what? I hope they are. I hope they Wait, are. Can we take this from the Start beginning? Over. Yeah, Start over. Start over. Okay. Three, two, one. After these messages, we'll be right back. Guys, we have a new drinking game edition of ATM. <laughs> hey, I'm going to ask you a super, super, superficial question, Kat. And okay. I as you're describing all your work, I mean, of course, you've worked with all of these famous people. Are you kind of friends with them now? Like, are you and <laughs> Seth just like, would you describe yourself as friends? I, <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I think, yeah, let's see. We're, uh, he, he, Seth and I aren't as close. Like, I don't feel like I could say Seth and I are friends. I, we have, we've, we've worked together a couple times and he's so great. Um, I am friends with Jonah. Jonah's a friend of mine. Nice. And uh and also um I, I am friends with Joe Gordon Levitt, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh yeah, of course yeah. you've worked with him. And I oh. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we'll have time to get to it, but I definitely pulled that fifty fifty promo uh, movie oh. promo that you did for the movie that he did with um Seth Rogan. Yeah. Um and it's different. It's not like it's not puppets, it's um but instead of the live action sequences, you have kind of uh animated I guess they're pencil or colored Color pencil, pencil drawings. Yeah. They're beautiful. I mean, kind of um, for people of my generation, it sort of gives you a, a 
a little bit of that take on me uh, mm-hmm. famous yo right that that famous is it aha video, I think it's aha I think. yeah um, and actually yeah let's go ahead and play this and then we can talk more about it I do want to say though also um, we do have Seth Rogen on the phone now <laughs> he described you as a friend so oh, he's no. probably he's, hurt he's oh, pretty oh, hurt oh, wait, yeah. oh, wait, oh, oh, oh looks like the line dropped oh wow okay <laughs> we'll, we'll just play this instead this is the voice of Joseph Gordon Levitt and this is the voice of Seth Rogen our good friend got sick with cancer he decided to write a comedy it's called 50-50. Great song. Totally. I have cancer. I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> it was, it was weird. It's yeah. weird like that. No, it's not. <laughs> we know what you're thinking. Cancer movie? Depressing. But it's not. It's actually very funny. You think we'd be promoting it with all these pretty pictures if it were so serious? That would be lame. Let's just do it. You know, again, here we are talking about a uh, basically a commercial for a movie, but breaking the the kind of routine of just playing clips. Like once again, you've created kind of a, a way of I don't know, kind of enveloping the movie footage with some original content. Yeah, that's really um, it's kind of a, that's Adult Swim's real model, and they they really work hard with the networks and stuff to, with the um, studios and stuff to make advertising that appeals best to their audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's really fun for me. I love doing it. I like that a lot of my ads have been ads for actual creative things, like cool things. Like not I'm lucky in that regard that I've gotten to make ads for other for movies and T V shows <laughs> rather than, you know, just catch up and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I feel really I feel really lucky as a director to get to do that. I know that Adult Swim is uh is your employer and and in fact that you you cleared it with them that you could talk to talk to us on the podcast. So thank you <laughs> to Adult Swim. Um, I one of the reasons that we asked you on or that we start we started having a conversation with you uh, I think almost since the first episode of our podcast was that you reached out and said that you had worked with Adult Swim on some of their ads. And I think that their marketing game is so strong. Like, I'm a huge fan of a lot of the kind of marketing that they've done. Um, not, you know, not just your ads, not just these kinds of ads, but across the board with their little tiny interstitial, um, you know, quick quick hit tweets from fans. And they're, they're very sort of self-deprecating and self-aware. And I love their <laughs> whole aesthetic and their whole uh, sort of um, tone and, and attitude. Uh, tell, can you talk a little bit, you know, within, within whatever uh, sort of agreements, you agree whatever, within whatever uh, amount of confidentiality you agree to with your bosses, obviously, what's it like with working with them and kind of what's, what's your partnership been like with them? They're the best ever. And I'm not, I'm not, they're not like, oh my God, they're in the room a- with you, aren't they? <laughs> they? They're really great. They, um, what I really love about them is that when they have a project for you, it's, it's just for you. And they come to you with that project and they say, okay, here it is. And we're going to start in a couple weeks. And you're not, there's not a lot of the, with traditional commercials, there's a lot of the thing where you, you have to fight for the job and you do a lot of work in order to get the job. And then sometimes you don't get the job because they already knew who they were going to work with. And you were just kind of a formality in it, you know, like, and so this is with adult swim. It's, they treat you really well as uh, you know, they know that you're, you work hard and they know that, that you, all you want to do is make cool things, you know, and that's all they want to do too. So what I love most about, working with them is they come with, they come to me with these ideas that, you know, I'm, I, I do, I come up with a lot of my own ideas for stuff I like to make, but at the same time, I love working with writers because 
they'll come up with ideas that I would have never thought about in a million years. And that's why I like doing this. I like the challenge of something that I could have never thought of and having to make that come to life. And so I, I often say like that I feel like they should write on top of their scripts, like, go ahead and fucking try. Because it's always sounds <laughs> it always sounds crazy in the best way ever. And that's the second I read it, I can't say no, I have to make it. And that's uh, what I love so much. And then also a lot of times when you're making things with clients, you have a lot of back and forth with the notes and traditional commercials, much more like big budget national campaigns. They, the ad agency actually edits the videos and a lot of the ad agency people are very smart. They're all creatives. They're very cool. But, um, you know, as a director, you don't, you don't often have much of a say in that final direction, uh, where it's going to go after, after you shoot it. Um, and with Adult Swim, a lot of times, even if they edit it, um, they'll edit it sometimes and I'll edit sometimes and, and we, but we always kind of communicate in a very collaborative way. They always, when they come back with notes on an edit, they're always very smart notes. And a lot of times I, they make it, they, they, I'm like, wow, I should have thought of that. That's awesome. Thank you. You know, and, and it makes it better. So I'm really lucky. <laughs> you know, Genevieve mentioned before, like, how much we appreciate adult women. This is the God's honest truth. Like, long before we ever did this podcast, I mean, like, years and years, we have just been marveling at what they do. And not just in the, the individual commercials, but just how they kind of create commercial breaks that you don't want to fast forward through. Like, obviously, there have been creatives making commercials for decades upon decades now, long before DVRs existed. And I think that they would say, oh, yeah, much like your bio says actually on your website, Kat, you, you describe yourself as somebody who wants to direct commercials people actually want to watch. <laughs> well, I think that, like, I sort of think of, it, of that as a new phenomenon. Obviously, it's not. There were people in the past who were creating pretty amazing stuff early on. But these days, it's more imperative than ever to keep people watching instead of fast forwarding. And I think yeah. Adult Swim does that absolutely perfectly, and not just as like a commercial by commercial basis, but as a package, as a, as a unit of time that you sit through in between the real content. Yeah, I think they know their brand really well because they are their brand. They make things that they want to watch. They make things that they would want to sit through. And I feel like even, you know, the head of Adult Swim, Lazo, he, he won't, put on anything that he doesn't want to see, you know? And so it's very, everybody there loves what they're doing, you know? So it's not, mm -hmm. it's not just a formality. It's not just to get money to make other stuff. It's, it's when they're making commercials there, they, they are doing it like as an, it's another art form on top of all the other content that they create. Have you had anything to do with those those really bonkers long form infomercials that they'll just drop in the <laughs> middle of the night? Like there was the really yeah. famous one, Too Many Cooks, right? Yeah, um, I wish. I, I would love to do one of those. I haven't done one of those yet. Um, there's, I think, this thing where they want you to question sort of, did I see a real thing? I had that happen once when I made the spot for The Dark Knight with a Batman spot. I had a guy, uh, I posted it on my Facebook, and then one of, one of the guys I was friends with on Facebook wrote me back, and he said, oh my god, it's so funny, my friend texted me the other day asking me if he imagined this, <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, good, like, I succeeded. <laughs> I want to find the way, hold on, I don't know about this Dark Knight when I'm cruising around your website right now, can you tell me about it? <laughs> it was for, I think, the DVD release of The Dark Knight, and... Uh, we re yeah we recreated scenes from the actual movie um with puppets and the puppets in this one are sort of a hybrid of the more um 
the kinds of puppets I do oftentimes are more, they look like dolls, like very humanistic. They don't look like Muppets, but this is mm-hmm. like a sort of hybrid between Muppet and a doll. <laughs> okay, let's take, yeah. I'm going I'm to watch this. Yeah. This city needed a hero. <laughs> and he rose just in time to fight the ultimate battle. Cat, this is amazing. <laughs> the best part's at the end. Now you can watch the epic conclusion to the Dark Knight legend in your own home. Just watch your back. And then right at the very end, as it says, watch your back, someone, the little, the little Batman puppet is on his little puppet bike. Bat bike or whatever, and some, a human hand reaches yeah. in and like adjusts his cape. Yeah, it's so uh, funny. Yeah, I know that that was a pretty visual thing to play on the podcast, but of course, as always, we'll post this to our uh, to our Facebook page. But that is so cool. And again, I mean, maybe there's just something in me that still, and maybe you too, like just loved playing with action figures and yeah. dolls when I was a kid. And so I watched this, and it just like totally plays on that. That's what it is for me. I mean, I, and also equally, I loved, there was a lot more stuff like this on TV when we were kids. And I loved that. I loved watching real things on television, like real tricks, like real, where you could, you know, when you watch something CG, you're like, okay, well, I I would have to learn a lot to understand how to do that. But Mm. when you watch something that's made with, with practical effects and miniatures and, and uh, like real explosions and stuff, you're like, that's something I could do. I could do that. I could make that by myself in my house. I could do it, you know? And there's, there's like, I used to be obsessed with figuring out how they did things on movies and television shows and stuff. And I would try to recreate it with my toys and with things I had in the house yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question. This is a pretty big left turn. Um, <laughs> but, you know, talking about the people you work with, it sounds like actually you said your friends, uh, you've worked with people who are your friends who write a lot of this stuff. Do you feel like this is still a pretty male-dominated industry or, um, or is it a pretty good balance? Oh, um, let's see. That's a good, that's a really good question. It's, um, uh, I would, I would say that, um, at Adult Swim, I feel like it's pretty balanced in the commercial areas there. Um, and it's becoming more balanced throughout the board there. It's, they're, they're really cool. I would say that as a director overall doing commercials and TV, I would say that it is still very heavily male dominated, but Mm. I, I I think it's changing. I really feel like it's finally I feel like finally as a female director I'm able to say, Yeah, it sucks and like not um lose jobs or sound crazy. Yeah, you know? Right, right. Like I feel like it actually we're getting more jobs and, and it's and say now we're at a place where we can say, Hey, this is weird and people aren't gonna shun us for it. We're gonna be it's gonna empower all of us. So and I feel like it is it's changing. I, I mean I, I maybe that's also wishful thinking, but I I really just in the last five years have in my own like personal day to day have experienced a lot of change in, in the industry in that way. So yeah. By the way, you said um you can speak up and say, well, this is weird. It's funny that you should use that word because so many of your commercials are so weird. I feel like you should step up and say, this isn't weird enough. <laughs> Speaking of, if you don't mind, can we play this one? Um, again, it's, it's very visual. Vives, maybe you can help me set it up. But this is the one with um, comedian Steve Agee for Arby's. Uh, yeah, so uh, you've got Steve Agee looking fairly uh, sort of normal, I guess, wearing a suit and tie. 
and looking like Steve Agee. And then you have uh, Steve Agee in a wig, not not uh, unrecognizable as him. He's still got a beard and a scruff, yeah. but he has on like you know prosthetic breasts and a and a blonde wig, um, and a couple more uh, otherwise transformed Steves uh, enter the picture in a split screen. And, and he sings along with himself You'll, you'll here. hear him so singing we'll, along with himself. We'll take a listen to beef, this. Beef, Angus, beef, 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 thinly sliced beef, beef, oven roasted beef, beef, Fires Angus, beef, 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 <laughs> Angus, beef, 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 And in the background are all these little puppets, uh, kind of animated puppets moving around in their various scenes. Oh my God! First of all, I love Arby's. Who greenlighted this? Because yeah. <laughs> it's so—it's great. It's fun. It's charming, and uh, and I love Steve Agee, and the and like the just the visuals are great, and the the audio is great. But it is like it seems like way off the map for Arby's. Yeah, they. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure exactly what how it works um, with the writers and producers at Adult Swim when they talk directly to the clients, uh, but they. I, I don't, they get to come up with these really fun concepts and there's not a lot of people stopping them. So it's, uh, that, this one was written by Dana Swanson and she's someone I work with a lot. Like, uh, the spots I did with the meerkat, that was, those were also written by Dana. But, um, she is, she's just such a badass and she, she yeah. actually just, all she had to do was, she called me, she's like, I kind of have an idea where there's somebody, <laughs> you know, um, in different places, singing a song about the sandwich ingredients. What do you think of that? <laughs> and I was like, I love that. Let's let's try it. And then she's like, Okay, let me just send you the song I wrote. And she sent me the song and this exact that exact song, but it's her doing it in her office. And I was like, Yes, we have to do this. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> yeah, she's so great. I love her so much. We yeah, we work together a lot. And again, the amazing thing to me is this is clearly you know this is not for a product that also has a promo tie-in. There is another one. I can't remember if we've already played. Oh, uh, the Burger King one. We, we yeah. played earlier with the Sasquatch. That was for Burger King, but it also had a very specific... We, we stopped it on this podcast before we got to that part, but it had a very specific um, tie-in promo for an Adult Swim show, I believe, the uh, Mike Tyson show, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And so here's this one. I don't think this Arby's has any direct tie-in with Adult Swim, but you can feel the Adult Swimminess all <laughs> over it, you know, and I don't think that there are other <laughs> networks that do that like could would you watch a commercial and be like oh that's so nbc no I, yeah cat maybe you can speak to that because you're right i didn't realize until i guess now it seems obvious but i didn't really realize till you were explaining it that it's adult swim driving the aesthetic and the kind of the, the writing of these ads and the creation of these spots with these national advertisers but you know but for an adult swim audience yeah uh, is that kind of unusual in the industry I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I, as far as I know, they're one of the only ones that do it. I know that. I feel like FX might do some minor, uh, or FXX might do some. Yeah, minor that, that stuff. wouldn't surprise me too yeah. much. Yeah, the other networks that are similar, maybe Comedy Central does some, you know, but it's very little. I know also Cartoon Network does some, but they're very, oh, yeah, but they're very subtle as well. Adult Swim really. As far as I know, they're the only network that really does this, and I, I might be wrong, but that's as far as I know. But the guys in charge there, like I, I, I work with these guys, Jason and Gil, and they are just, they sort of run the ship in keeping the brand tight and making sure that it is right for Adult Swim and that Adult Swim is is still being itself within these, these campaigns. Mm -hmm. So awesome! <laughs> like I feel really lucky that I got 
put in this box, you know? <laughs> you know, we've been talking all about your commercials here, but let's move on. I know that you and Genevieve have been kind of emailing back and forth all week, kind of swapping ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to play some of your favorite commercials that you didn't make or were involved with yourself, so far as I know. We're calling it Cat's Top Four. <laughs> Because, I mean, any podcast can do top five, I know. right? So, like in this... It takes balls to do that, top four. That's right. <laughs> it takes a slightly lazy production team yeah, to do cast that's, top that too. four. That too. So, what should we start with here? Should we start with this Under Armour ad? Yeah, well, most of these, like almost everything we've played so far, the most of these are more visual than audio-based. Audio, audio mm-hmm. um, this one is... A series. There's a series of three, but I the, these two are my favorite ones. Um, and the, which one are we going to show first? Well, this is one I don't. I didn't. I only had one in front of me. And it's a Michael Phelps oh, Michael one, Phelps or do one. they all have Michael Phelps? No, uh, one has Michael Phelps, and then one has some gymnasts, and I can't remember what the third one is. But okay, so the Michael Phelps one. I think we should just play it and then talk about it. <laughs> okay, that sounds good, and it is very visual. So, Vives, um, we'll we'll hit play on this, and then maybe we'll do a little narration sure. here. Yeah. Got a swimmer in a darkened swimming pool. Uh, swimming, up, obviously, it's Michael Phelps. Stunningly shot. Yeah, uh, very beautiful. cinematic. It's it looks like he's he's uh, kind of maybe working out after hours. I have no regrets for the past is Intercut with uh, shots of him sleeping, shots of him eating. Kind of icing, uh, recovering. Uh, all the all the preparation that goes into uh, being a, an Olympic swimmer. Oh, that looks painful. <laughs> the shot of him swimming in the pool is an aerial shot. It keeps backing up further and further, pulling out. And it looks like he's swimming in a pool that's about a mile long. Wait, this is really visually beautiful. We'll be sure and post this and everything we've talked about uh, to the web, to the Facebook page. And then the uh, the text at the end says, "It's what you do in the dark that puts you in the light." And it ends with a shot of him standing there, and it says, "Rule yourself." So, Cat, take over from here. <laughs> well, okay. Number one, I'm a swimmer, so I <laughs> I love everything when I love when they can when swimming can be shown in a very cinematic way because it's such a solitary activity many people think that it's like not possible to shoot it well but that just proves like it's it it is so cinematic and and beautiful and i um that these were directed i think by martin detura uh and he's he's an incredible director all of his stuff is really good if people want to see that stuff and then also i shoot a lot of photos that i call night places and they're all on my instagram and i i love just shooting things at night like lit up something that's lit up amidst that's surrounded by darkness is like my favorite thing in the world and so i i really i can't get enough of the campaign is that's that's their thing for the camp there what was the log line again i can't remember it's what you do in the dark that puts you in the light yeah like that's so genius and i've never cared about under armor before i don't even really know what it is but i (laughs) (laughs) but i can't it's something for your car i believe that's my understanding (laughs) i can't stop talking about this campaign because it's sometimes when you go um to come up with an idea something to make you're like what would i what do i wish i had made and this is something that i really really wish Uh, i made i would love to make something like this 
Well, here's one that's, I mean, it's very, very much in the um, same vein, only it actually came out. Don't, don't laugh. I don't know what you're talking about. It came out a few decades prior. Hi, I brought Rainbow Bright to meet you. Rainbow Bright? Who's she? She's my friend, and she has the power of the rainbow to make you happy. <gasps> She's beautiful. Look at her hair and her purple star and shiny dress. Okay, I am not trolling the listener. That is actually on Cat's Top 4. <laughs> that is a uh, 1980s Rainbow Bright Doll commercial. What's up with that? I just love that it stars the girl from the Poltergeist. Yes, the, <laughs> the little blonde girl is the is a girl from Poltergeist. Yeah, and I also I think Genevieve and I have to only talk like this from now on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I just it's like I, no little girls have ever talked like that in real life in the history of humanity. I think so that weird. I think that yeah, maybe next week or um, in an upcoming show we're definitely going to be uh, I think dedicating an entire show to kind of uh, kids toys commercials. We've even oh. done that a little bit, like as uh, you know. I'm 39. I'm going through this midlife crisis thing. You know, we've been watching a lot of like around Christmas time. We're watching a lot of toy commercials and stuff like that, which sent me down this like 19. You know, I grew up in the 80s, so I've been kind of obsessed with watching these old commercials from the 80s. But is there something about toys and toy commercials that really kind of stick with you as well as somebody who works with a lot of puppets? Yeah, I, I um, <laughs> take another drink. Uh, I, <laughs> I really, um, I really love. I, I fall asleep sometimes to those um, compilations on YouTube of just 80s kids <gasps> commercials because they're so comforting to me. I, I Will you be my best friend? <laughs> <laughs> they're the greatest thing. Like And, I, and I, I love that it reminds you of things that you... It's fun to watch them now because I remember the feeling I got watching them of wanting yeah. that thing so badly. And now to see them as an adult and see that they're like very simple and just... just just really they're just showing you the toy like i i just love remembering what that felt like because i don't feel it now you know for any you know it's like sad but i love it <laughs> yeah because it, it's like well it's more pure in its unattainable form i think like as a yeah. kid like that really really worked on me that was another thing i mentioned earlier playing with my gi joes or whatever like outside like all of the and I've, we've talked about this on the show before maybe i'm retreading too much ground here but you know it seemed like in the 80s you just you'd see the kids and they would each have a doll in their fist and they'd be like bang 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 and they would be like kind of marching the the action figures up and down the actual dirt path or whatever and like yeah. there was something about that whereas today it seems like when we did some quick comparisons it seems like toy commercials just kind of like look at this doll this doll is amazing like some voiceover <laughs> actor just kind of like showing all of the like you know whiz bang things the doll can do I mean Apple right now is trying to do everything they can to get to recreate that object lust, right? Yeah. For for grown up toys, wow, you're right. It would be it would be interesting if they tried, like sort of borrowed a page from whatever it was that was so um, evocative about those old toy ads. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly what what you're saying about the um, the voiceover is so important. Like I I did that spot for Rick and Morty, and I really wanted the kids to mimic the voices of the characters because that's what i remembered as a kid is that that the kids would be doing the voices like like help me he-man you know like you know like i just loved i that it was kids playing with the toys 
Okay, so set this up for us. Rick and Morty, uh, it's like, uh, honestly, sorry, this is going to betray my ignorance, but that is a cartoon, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a show on Adult Swim, um, and it's it's animated. Um, it's funny to describe it as a cartoon because it's so dark, uh, and it's it's... I would say it's an animated show. Um, right, I know. Yeah, cartoon does have that child, makes it that sound childish like it's, implication. Yeah, I don't yeah. want ki- kids should not be watching Rick and Morty. If you have kids and they're watching Rick and Morty and they're under twenty, you should probably <laughs> spend more time with them. <laughs> Which makes it extra ironic that this ad we're about to play has kids doing the whole like operating the action figures. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to hit play on this. So I honestly, and I have never seen Rick and Morty. I guess I need to watch it. But it's pretty um, funny. Let me hit play on this. Anything um, we need to know, guys, before we hit play. This came out about, uh, I would say, six months ago or so, I, and uh, it was for the season two promo of Rick and Morty. Okay, and it involves ki- kids playing with action figures of the cartoon characters, Yes, I it, it starts with a commercial for a- Rick and Morty action figures. Rick and Morty action figures. <laughs> <laughs> adventure. Holy crap, Morty, run! We're gonna die! No! <laughs> Rico uses portal gun to get us out of here. Professional actors do not attempt. Snuffles want to be understood. Help us! Help us! This is pretty weird. It's about to get a whole lot weirder, Morty. (laughs) (laughs) Rick and Morty action figures available at a toy store near you. Now introducing the Snuffles playset. Every single tiny item sold separately. Nothing comes together. Okay, now uh, I just need to pause it and say that was on a TV set, and now the camera is pulling away from the TV set, and we see that there are two alien-like creatures sitting on a couch watching that advertisement, and the one is saying to the other, I guess I'll just translate, are those toys for real? Shut up and take my money, right? I don't think they're real. You know what's real? The love your mother and I share. Oh boy, how much time and money? And we pull out again, <laughs> and, we pull out and it's again. the cartoon Rick and Morty actually yeah, watching the com- conversation. Yeah. Oh boy, how much time and money do you think they plopped into this commercial, huh, Morty? Yeah, no kidding. Can somebody say overkill? Rick and Morty, all new season premiering Sunday, July. Well, Cat, I guess the obvious question is here: How much time and money did they throw into this commercial? I'm going to say that I don't remember how much money they spent on the commercial. Uh, the time that was spent on the commercial, uh, I would say a couple, a few months. Yeah, we had we. It, there was a lot of um, like conceptualizing. I, I drew boards for all of it. We did an animatic. We, I worked with Justin and uh, Justin's a show creator, Justin Royland, mm. and um, and then Jason Demarco, who's my who's the my Adult Swim boss, and I worked with them uh, to make it perfect. Uh, and then and then we uh, got, had to build everything, and and then the shoot was I think two days or three days. What did you make those little the figures out of? They looked like some kind of like plasticky clay or something. Yeah, those are those were modeled in ZBrush and three D printed. Um, oh wow! Yeah, okay. There's a lot of uh, back and forth on the the direction of the sculpts, like they would sculpt it and send it to me, and I have to say, like, make the spikes rounder and not so pointy. Or <laughs> try. we had to get them on model. That was really important since it's an animated show. The model of the characters is everything, and so it was very important to get them looking. They had never really been in three dimensions before. Um, they they had sort of, but not fully, and so there was a translation there that was brand new to everybody. And so it was really important to, to make them into three dimensions and have them still look right for the brand and for, for mm-hmm. Rick and Morty. 
Um, and then it was really funny because when that came out, of course, I mean, this is exactly what they wanted. Like everybody on the internet was like, where are the toys? We want the toys. We got to yes. yeah. So that really worked and it was fun. And, and I'm glad. <laughs> I'm just glad we got to do it. <laughs> where are the toys? Do you have those? Well, it says actually, there's like a little, there's like a small print on the ad that says toys not actually available. Oh, really? But where are the dolls that the you actual, made? They weren't real, Andrew. No, I'm just kidding. They're real. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're real. Uh, they, um, they, uh, uh, Justin, I think, has them all, or, or Lazo, yeah. one of them. Yeah. Wow, wow. All right, let's go on. That that was not one of your uh, cat's top four, because you made that one. So let's go on here um, to, oh, okay. I watched this one. It's Old Spice's Mom Song commercial. Oh, came out, it. looks like, in 2014. I had never seen this before. We've talked a lot about Old Spice's weird commercials, The Man Who Could, what's uh, it called? Isaiah Mustaf. Yeah, yeah, and what's his official name? The Man That Your Man Could Smell Like, yeah. or something yeah. like that. Um, and then uh, Cruz, or what's his name? Terry, uh, Terry, Terry Cruz. Cruz. I'm uh, so excited that you haven't seen this. You hadn't, yeah, well, you I, well now I hadn't. Now I have seen it. Did you see? This is one of the weirdest commercials. Have you seen this in rotation? I don't have real TV. I just use Apple TV and Hulu and stuff. Um, is is so, that ironic? Uh, I don't yeah. know what ironic <laughs> means, but is that yeah. ironic? <laughs> um, but uh, so I had not. Um, I only saw it on the internet with people talking about it. Uh, but I, I love it so much. <laughs> this one is so weird. At first, I, I did question whether or not, like, did this one ever air? Was this one of those ones where they make it and then they say, oops, that was a leak, or it only aired in, like, one small European nation or something like that? <laughs> I had <laughs> never seen it before she sent it to us either. Oh, so my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> so um, it starts with a fella spraying himself with, I believe, an Old Spice product in his bedroom, a young man, probably, uh, say, 17 years old or something like that. And then as he walks walks out of his room and he closes the door behind him, you see that his mom was kind of creeping behind the door, uh, just kind of watching him. And she breaks out in song and starts talking about how sad she is that her her boy is all grown up now and Old Spice is to blame. And then as the commercial goes on, you start to see all these moms desperately trying to hang on to their young men's sons in increasingly bizarre situations. How did, how did I do? Are we Amazing. good on that? That was awesome. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> good. I was actually in an astral place for most of that. Let's just play on this. Oh, I didn't see it coming But it came in a can Now my sweet son's braid into a man now this is a mom that is uh, hanging desperately to the back of her son's car as he drives down the highway. They're like more and more bizarre hiding places for the moms. Yeah, and it's just the, the, all these moms creeping on their sons in weirder and weirder ways. He was just my little sweetie, tiny fingers, hands and feeties. Now he's touching, kissing, feeling all the women because. Okay, so that's amazing. Welcome to manhood. And uh, I mean, audibly, it actually is interesting with that song. But you guys, you gotta go to. I'm not just trying to get more likes. You have to go to our (laughs) Facebook page and watch that video because that's what really tells the story. So why does that stand out for you? I just love it visually, and and the song is so incredible. And I, I really, but the visual choices they made in the casting of the moms and the visual effects are just so groundbreaking and incredible. I just, I, I cannot. 
I can't get over it. I look at it all the time. I watch that commercial just when I'm bored. And so I that's, can pick, pick it, you up. So are those yeah. practical effects that we're seeing versus? Uh, yeah, CG? there's probably some wire removal on things and and mm-hmm. removals of rigs that are keeping the moms safe. But uh, <laughs> like but, the one who's being dragged down the highway in a laundry basket. Yeah, and I really love. I cannot stop watching the one of the mom that slides out of uh down off her chair and up onto the couch like it's so i just can't i i I don't know i love it i love it so much it like makes me cry (laughs) it's just too wonderful and i think my i think i have a friend that worked on the writing of the song but i'm not sure so i'm not gonna say who but um it was uh um i think it was the whole ad the whole ad was done by wyden and kennedy right is that oh yes yeah i saw that yeah so smart they're out of Portland, Portland, right? Or is that just where they have an office? Yeah, no, they're mostly in um, Bend and Portland, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think they're gotcha. like around that area, you know. That's what I thought. Yeah. All right, let's play your last one here. Um, this one I actually have not seen. I didn't watch it before the show. I have no idea what's going on here. I'll let you guys set me up for it. It's called Never Say No to Panda. Yeah, is the sound going to be okay on this? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a foreign language. Um, and uh, it's you're never getting to pick your top four ever again. <laughs> From now on, I'm picking your top four. I know. I tried to come up with ones that were more audible. This um, one that you and I had talked about when we when we chatted before the show, Cat, uh, and your description of it to me was so charming. I, I thought we had to play it. Yeah, pretty much. You do something wrong, and a panda shows up, and he lets you know who's boss. <laughs> Easy as pie. All right, hit it. We'll, we'll, if, we'll describe it because I don't think there is any English. Faze, family buys some good chicken. Just you know why. So what's okay, happening yeah, is we need to, it's, not, it's really not going to be uh, useful to listen to this, but there's some sort of a bland. Uh, looking kind of down, rundown office uh, room where people are sitting at desks, and someone says, "Hey, uh, are you hungry? You're going to eat lunch." And the guy replies, kind of in a bored voice, "No, I'm not hungry." And suddenly he looks up, and there's just a huge <laughs> stuffed panda staring at him, sort of rebukingly. Uh, I guess because he's declining to eat lunch, and it's uh, for pa- it's for a cheese. Cheese product, right? Yeah, panda, panda cheese. cheese. Panda <laughs> cheese. And, and more and more people in this bleak office are now starting to pay attention to the panda. And it's now just a staring contest between these <laughs> these sad-looking humans who are just uh, pale underneath the fluorescent lights in this panda, as you say, rebuking them. I guess I'll, I'll keep going here. Yeah. Oh, the panda's now smashing up the office. <laughs> panda is, like, going nuts. Panda is full-on... Um, Alec Baldwin and Gary Glenn Ross. <laughs> yeah, and then the tagline is never say no to panda. And then I take it, that it looks like there's a whole string of these in here. I won't play them because they are yeah. so visual, but it looks like maybe there's a, a hot, what, what else oh, happens Oh, the hospital here? one is so funny. Um, the hospital one, the grocery store one. There's just different scenarios where people are making the wrong choice about their food. And the panda, <laughs> the panda shows that. And it's always the same song. And it's always the same panda. And, and, he, always, always, and he always goes panda smash. Yeah, he always destroys something. <laughs> but well, it's often it's often alley. it's often like sometimes it's very subtle be- just because of where he is. Like it's very based on the place what he destroys and how he destroys it. 
Nice. All right, well there you have it. That was Cat's Top Four. We really needed a sounder for that, like a good, <laughs> uh, like a commercial radio sounder with like a deep voice and explosions. But next time you're on, we'll we'll have that ready for you. Okay, in the cool. meantime, we need to check in with the Ad Council. Can you stick around for that? I would love to. Okay, let's do this. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right. As always, we have more mail than we'll probably be able to get to. Veeves, I see that the screen is a little bit weird here. You want me to fix it for you so you can read these sweet, sweet messages? Yeah. Um, I I wanted to start by, if you have not seen it, please go to our Facebook page and see it. Uh, Thank you to uh, uh, Twitter, Tweeter. God, I fucking hate Twitter. <laughs> Thanks to Charisma23 for sharing. And that's the only name that they gave. Yeah, no, so. I double-checked. And it's Charisma with a K, by the way. A Charisma with a K, 22, 23. was taken. <laughs> Uh, No, thanks to Charisma23 for sharing uh, a brief snippet of video from uh, Minneapolis uh, of Dequexitron and the song that we played last week from the Hamburger Helper album. Mm Mm-hmm. And it, it's an awesome party scene, and there's a huge, there's actually a couple of uh, giant hamburger helper gloves, and uh, the crowd's going nuts, and it looks like an incredible party. Yeah. This is for uh, Feed the, no, this is for uh, which song? Um, I, I think it was, was it called, Feed the Streets was the name of the album, was maybe Watch the Stove the name of the song, I don't. I think it's maybe reversed. Cass, do you have any idea what the hell we're talking about? Did you happen to listen to last week's <laughs> podcast? And this isn't a test, by the no, way. No, I, I did, I did. I, it okay, was that yeah. rap, the rap album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Ap- apparently Hamburger Helper released a, a five-song rap album. But then the thing that is bonkers, and, and our friend um, Stu, a.k.a. the Stubot, who works for uh, Minnesota Public Radio there in uh, in St. Paul, says, oh, yeah, I know the people who um, I think helped work on this campaign, yeah. and they're, like, not far from our offices here. <laughs> and then I think, uh, well, uh, I guess Charisma23 tweeted this at us, and uh, Stu jumped in here, and didn't, didn't you say that? That he thinks this was shot like at First Avenue or the Seventh Street entrance. Or he something? said he said he thinks the venue is Seventh Street entrance in uh, Minneapolis, and that he even recognizes a few of the people in the crowd there. So um, <laughs> this looks like it was an amazing party to be at, and I'm very jealous. Yeah, I'm gonna hit play. I mean, all it is is a live uh, version of what we played last week, and it's a 20 second clip off of Twitter here. But I'm gonna hit play because it looks so awesome. It look. Uh, I don't even have words. Hey, I'm in, I'm in. I just can't get enough of this. Oh my god, I, I mean, they're giant, giant hamburger helper hands, just like as hype it's men. So it's awesome. amazing. Anyway, it's so thank cool. you, Charisma23, Charisma with a K, uh, because I love, love, love that clip. Um, this is from listener Bruce, um, and uh, he sent us this Gas X commercial, I think, um, in light of the fact that we did do a show about gross ads a while ago. Oh, yeah. And all I can say is, good Christ. What? I haven't seen this one <laughs> yeah, yet. Just play it. It's, you know, right. it's, the audio does all the work, oh, unfortunately. No. Oh, no. So I will just say that uh, the voice you're about to hear is a talking uh, duvet on a bed with a couple in it. Oh, no. I've <laughs> seen this one. Oh, son of a gun. Okay, uh, yeah, here we go. Listen, as the one who's always trapped beneath the duvet, I'm begging you both 
Take Gas X. I know all that tossing oh. and turning isn't oh, restlessness. Oh, they're filling the duvet with it's farts. It's gas. Uh. That's what you get when you eat a large meal before bed. Gas X relieves pressure, bloating, and uh. all that discomfort in minutes. <laughs> Nothing's faster. I know I'd sleep a lot better if they're you were using the, the, the couple are both clutching their guts. Brand. Uh. And you guys would sleep a lot better, too. From your fart-filled oh. mattress. And then she, she, I didn't notice that she lifts up her oh. end of the duvet at the very Stop. end as if, like, letting the air out. That makes Stop me never it. want to sleep again. I or, know. Or, like, make out with anyone yeah. on a yeah. bed, a bed ever one, again. No one can ever have sex again. No. <laughs> Thanks, gas sex. Good job. <laughs> we can only kiss standing. That's right. Yes, exactly. In a well-ventilated room. This is why we can't have nice things, yeah, gas sex. Absolutely. So, Br- listener Bruce, I think thank you is maybe a strong word, but I acknowledge that you sent that. Um, <laughs> this is from uh, listener Garner, uh, who just had a question for us. Uh, he asked, when an ad is over- oversaturated, does it make you hate the product? I think this is kind of an interesting question, actually. Um, I think Geico is really testing that theory. And he writes... Uh, personally, my wife and I use Hulu often and will encounter the very same ad every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an ad for Goose Island IPA. I liked the commercial. Kind of made me want to pick up some if I encountered it in the wild. After the 100th time I saw the ad, I vowed that I would never buy their product. <laughs> so I think you may have overshot there a little bit, Goose Island. For me, uh, YoPlay has lost all... Like, oh, really? I, oh. I really... I think it's YoPlay. Who's the one that has Jane, who's like so excited about her yogurt? I it's, uh, it's might be your play. Let me do a little Googling around yeah, here. Yeah, Jane drives me crazy. I can't stand <laughs> her. I, I really, like, can't take it. I never want your play again because of Jane. Okay. I think that this – okay. I think that you're taking out uh, maybe too much on YoPlay because it might be, according to the internet – Could it be Danon? Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be Danon. Yeah, I love the way that <laughs> – I love the way oh, that YoPlay Yo is paying for Danon soon. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure YoPlay makes me mad too. <laughs> I don't know these commercials. Let's take a listen to this one. This is Dan and Light uh, Fit Strawberry Cheesecake Greek. Oh, is this the same woman who we've talked about before? She's in the kitchen with her dumb husband, Maybe. and she's describing all of the the luscious flavors of yogurt. Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I think that <laughs> yeah, I think that one is actually Yoplait. Okay, well, this one's Dan, and let's take a listen. There's some dude eating. The taste of light and fit Greek non-fat yogurt. Oh, she's so smug. Temptation shrink away. Light and fit Greek with irresistible flavors like strawberry cheesecake. Never have 80 calories tasted so satisfying. Oh yeah. And she's she's shrinking okay. all of everybody else's like delicious snacks like yeah. donuts what and the cookies. Heck? Yeah. Because, she's awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's not enough for her to eat well. Everybody else has to lose their snacks. Okay, so yeah. let's explain it because I, I think I kind of bungled what was happening there. So there's Jane, she's like sitting at a desk somewhere, and then some dude behind her takes out like a you know, looks like a vending machine cookie, like a regular size cookie, and goes to eat it. But then she opens up her yo play, takes a bite of it, just gives you the smuggest ass look in the world, and then aims her spoon at his cookie and it shrinks it down to like something the size of like a cookie crisp and then she then she takes her yogurt and starts walking down the hall like an insane person eating her yogurt while she's walking and then she walks in on some like fat guy who's about to enjoy a big donut and then she points her spoon at him and then his donut shrinks like what the hell is her problem yeah it's true it's, her office mates are gonna band together and murder her yeah yes no I really, judge I'm surprised she just didn't like 
take their snacks and like lick them and hand them back to them. Right, <laughs> Such exactly. <a> jerk. <laughs> now, Genevieve, should I tell the story about when you did that to me one time with a single jelly bean, then threw it back into the bag? Sure, of that's jelly facts. Bean. I no, would you know, love let's, to hear. Let's not tell what that people story. think about that. <laughs> let's not tell that story. We weren't dating that long. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Um, I just have one more from the Ag Council. Um, this is from listener uh, Micah. And all he says is, I have no words. So uh, just play this ad. I, this ad's been in a pretty heavy rotation. I, I kind of like it, but I also have a question for you about it. Um, okay. So I'll sort of describe it because I don't think there's a ton of audio. Um, it starts with uh, actor Jason Statham of uh, many action movies oh. fame uh, <laughs> sitting in a subway car and he's plugging in like a, it looks like a battery cartridge into his phone. Um, and then he, uh, he, he clicks it in. And all of a sudden, everyone he sees in the subway, uh, all over the world, uh, becomes him. But they're, you know, dressed up as women and men, uh, other other characters, even a baby is Jason Statham. Um, now, now, like, the action is becoming incred- increasingly sort of crazy. Like, there's street dancing and um, stunts happening and fire being shot out. And it's sort of like a very convoluted, crazy action movie where everybody is played by Jason Statham. Um so it's kind of a bonkers version of that Ryan Reynolds. Thing. It's a little bit like the Ryan Reynolds town, Reynoldsville. It makes me think a lot of the scene from um, being John Malkovich, where he enters his own head and everybody he meets right. is John Malkovich. Right, right. I guess to some degree, <laughs> I love this idea that, like, to some degree, when we're you know to us, every everyone everyone we meet is an extension of our perception of right, ourselves. Right. But anyway, so this is a this is an ad for LG phones, um, and it's advertising this particular thing, this feature of this. Uh, modular, I guess, battery pack that can be inserted. What I find kind of confusing about this ad is, although I think it's visually interesting and kind of an interesting story, although it's not that narrative, I'm not sure what is being advertised to me. Like, yeah, why is why is the battery feature like what is what is what's being sold to us about the battery feature? when he plugs it in. Can I take one stab at that? Yes. And then Kat, as the professional, you should jump in on this. But <laughs> I noticed, have you seen this ad, by the yes, way? Yes. Okay, I, good. I, yeah. <laughs> so what I was going to say is in one, and I found this kind of confusing in the narrative, is in one of these quick shots, you also see somebody wearing those virtual reality glasses that I think might be the kind that you slip the phone into. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, I found that confusing in the narrative um, because it made me think that this whole thing was supposed to be a virtual... I thought maybe somebody was going to take off the glasses at the end. This whole thing was just some weird virtual reality fantasy. But aside from that, I do wonder if that was a little bit of a gesture towards we're going to be demanding more and more out of our batteries and you know, for things like virtual reality and stuff. And so... Yeah, yeah it sure. sounds plausible. I just don't get... I don't get it all, and it seems to be doing a lot of work. But, Kat, what do you think of it? It took me watching it about 50 times to even see that they're all Jason Statham. It took me so long. I was like, you were just like, is... that baby is ugly. Yeah, I was like, why is why is Kyle Mooney in this commercial for Jason Statham? Like, what's going on? Especially at the very beginning. Like, I just didn't. I didn't understand it at all, and I, I, I love, like, action movies. I love Jason Statham. And I thought, you have Jason Statham. You have him playing all these roles. Can't you do something, like, honestly a little more succinct and cooler? I, I, I kind of don't love it. It's too much. Yeah, I, exactly. I totally agree with you. This is one of those ones where I think the um, the ambition and the concept got ahead of the marketing mm. 
uh, in some of the ways that like Samsung, I think phones in particular have this problem. They have big ad budgets. They've got a lot of creative people. They've got big stars like Jason Statham or, or what have you. And they want to make a little movie and they kind of forget like how do you use advertising or, or like advertising filmmaking to sell any kind of to sell an idea or sell a product and that yeah. that's that's what this has a feel of to me I, I, there is something to be said for making something knowing that people are going to watch it 80 times to 100 times it kind of gets back to that idea that like if you, you know if you create a commercial that's so boring and repetitive that you when you've seen it 100 times you no longer want anything to do with it there is some logic i guess to making something that that has a little bit to unpack over yeah. many different watching yeah but i do think that there is also a way to do that and not have it be just a mess you know what yeah. i mean and i not to be mean i mean i don't even know who directed it or made it but i love those geico ads that are just um it's like we're gonna i forget what the the log line is but they just show you like 15 seconds of one scene the one oh with my the dog god jumps mm-hmm. up on the table that one's great like that's it- a way to show something rewatchable that isn't isn't annoying. <laughs> Are you talking about the ones? I think they're web only right now because I've been that watching one famously, a lot of them. They did it to break pre-roll. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, in, And, of course, the majority of things we watch on YouTube these days are commercials, so it's weird that we have to sit through a commercial <laughs> to watch a commercial. And then we're watching one of these pre-roll commercials, and it'll be like, I, I'm trying to think, maybe it's like two people or three people in an elevator, and then the one starts to say something to the other one, and then it just cuts in, and it says, we're interrupting this commercial, and we're skipping right to the end to save you time. And then exactly. all of a sudden, it, it picks up on the scene, only it's like... 15 seconds have passed, and whatever happened was bonkers. <laughs> you yeah. have no idea yeah. what it was. Yeah. I think those are so brilliant. They're so the smart. The best Geico campaign so creative. in a long time, I think. Yeah. And there's so many subtle things going on. There's the one that I, I talked about before with the dog jumps on the table. It's a family eating dinner, and it's like they're all standing very still. And then and And I think you can see little subtle things that you only notice when you watch again and again and again mm. that are yeah. happening. And it's... That's really special. That's a way to make something, I don't know, super, super creative and, and wild, but also rewatchable and not in an annoying way. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, I think as much as I hate to say this, it's time to get out of here. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. Kat Solon, thank you so much. You this has been... Amazing. I've learned a lot. I've laughed a lot. I've cried a lot, but nobody really knew that I was doing it silently. How can people find you? Uh, just C A T S O L E N, Cat Solon, on all things. On Vimeo, on Twitter, on Instagram. Facebook. And you have, aren't you? Don't you have a catsolen.com as well? Like, yeah. isn't all of your work archived there? All of my work. Well, most of my work is there. Almost all of it. I also sell enamel pins there if you want to buy some. Oh, um, I do <laughs> for fun. It's just fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's lots of other stuff on there. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Everybody's for real. Check it out. Like, yeah. we played some, but I mean, not even the tip of we will, the tip. We will of the tip certainly of the post. We will certainly post a link to her website on our Facebook page. Um, we will uh, also be. I'll tweet it out, and yeah. uh, you will. You can always find us, of course, at After These Messages Show at Gmail. 
um, and After These Messages show on Facebook. That's right. And as a matter of fact, uh, what is our phone number? How do I forget it? Every week, 607-444-5597. If you guys want to call in, 607-444-5597. I want to say it again for realsies. Go to catsolin.com and check out her archives. It is beautiful, and it's it's kind of it's very, very hard to describe on a podcast. So, guys, do yourself a favor and check it out. And, Thanks so and much. And you, Kat, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, and the rest of you guys, we will talk to you next Tuesday. United States of Google, Verizon. They all spies, and I'm Pisces rising. And you ain't Hoover, you suck like James Dyson.